Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Lodick. And today we are talking about five tips for buying an awesome used car. A used car that's reliable, that's going to last, that is in good shape. Uh, Just really a winner. The opposite of a lemon, whatever we'll call that. This is birthed out of a strategy that I've developed over really the last probably 15 years of just kind of nerding out on this whole car buying process and trying to figure out how to get the best possible car for my money. And I am convinced that over the last 15 years that following the strategy has saved me well over $10,000. And, you know, had I just gone and picked whatever looked the shiniest on the lot. And so it's really a pretty simple strategy. It doesn't take much time. It's really five pretty simple steps that whenever you're buying a car, just go through this process and you're gonna save yourself so much money and you're gonna get a better car. And ultimately, yeah, your car ownership experience is going to be better by doing this. So definitely take a listen, save this one, share it with anybody you know who is gonna be buying a car soon because this will really, really help. So with that, let's get to it. So we just bought a minivan. Yes. I can't believe I'm smiling saying that. We both kind of swore off ever having a minivan, mm-hmm. right? But now we are really happy about I it. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like once you have little kids and we get three of them now, and it's it's really nice having some of the conveniences of mm-hmm. a minivan. But I got to use my method and my system for buying a car that mm-hmm. is reliable for a good price. And so I want to talk through a little bit of that. Basically, it's my five-step process that I follow whenever we buy a car. Mm-hmm. And it has served us well so far. So that's what we're going to talk really a little has. bit about now. I am not the kind of girl that thinks through this stuff. That's why I'm really glad I married you. <laughs> but that's also why we're sharing this is because this is really helpful when you are buying a car. Yeah, exactly. All right. So number one is buying a car that is about two to four years old. Somewhere in there. New cars are nice in some ways, but the amount of money that you lose to Mm -hmm. depreciation over those first couple of years. Think about having two different buckets that you're carrying water in, okay? Okay. One of them has one little hole that's letting some water out, and the other one has like five holes that are like, uh, you know, fist-sized holes, and the water's just draining out really, really fast. Mm -hmm. A new car is that bucket that has all these holes, and you're just losing money in the total value of the car really, really quickly. That's why it's so nice to buy a car that is a bit older because it loses money at a much lower rate of speed. And so if you have to own something that is going to be losing money, which pretty much every car that we purchase is going to be losing money, it might as well be losing money at a slower pace, right? Yes. So, And I have to say, I'm the kind of girl that wants a new car. But I brainwashed you into believing that this is a good idea. (laughs) Most of these cars are really still, they feel really nice oh, and yeah. new. Yeah, so, you can apps if you get a well-taken-care-of four-year-old car, yeah. like we just did, that's exactly, that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did, and you it know, looks amazing. Yeah, it looks fantastic on the outside. There were one or two little stains on the inside that we wish we'd kind of fix. As fantastic but, as a minivan but, can look from the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the goal, looking for a car that is two, in that two- to four-year-old range window. And going older isn't a bad idea. It just depends on how reliable of transportation that you need to have it in terms of all this. If it were up to me and I was by myself, I'd be buying one even older than that to minimize that depreciation. But this is the sweet spot for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a generally accepted kind of a range to be in to minimize depreciation while having a newer, nicer car. Yep. And <clears> I can agree to that. Yeah. Number two is to go to consumerreports.org and then pay for one 
one month of their online service. And this will be the best money that you spend when you are buying a car. What's cool about them is they're an independent research firm who researches cars and their reliability ratings and all this stuff. It's just a wealth of information to help you find a car that is reliable, that's gonna last, that doesn't have problems. Mm-hmm and then find the ones that are. And so you want to avoid the ones that are problem ones and then buy the ones that are better. If you just go to buy a car by looks and then you go to Consumer Reports and you're like, this thing could be breaking down on me quite often. It just kind of takes the appeal away. That $70,000 Range Rover looks really nice while it's moving. That one is painful But on the side of the highway, it doesn't look too (laughs) cool anymore. I mean, and even if it doesn't break down on the side of the highway, just the inconvenience of having a lot of things that need to be fixed over and over. Even if you have a warranty, and all that stuff just makes it maybe not worth it. Exactly. And so what you'll find, and this is changing a little bit now, but generally speaking, Asian cars, particularly Japanese cars, they're just very reliable cars. They mm-hmm. make a great product that lasts a long time. Yeah. So really pretty much the last 13 years yeah. we've owned Hondas and they've been nothing but really amazing for us. Yeah. And, and we've owned other cars too, but those yeah, have really... But those have been our primary cars. Well. Mm-hmm. And compared to some of the other cars I've owned, it's just like night and day, you know? Like I owned all American cars growing up and I love buying an American car. I'm an American. I love doing that. But the reality is, is it's not, well, it's a global market now. 20 miles away from me is a huge Nissan factory where they're building Nissans. That's mm-hmm. not an American company, but they yeah. manufacture them right down the street. So it's a very different thing than it used to be in terms of having a nationalist kind of thing with the cars that you're buying. So once I go to Consumer Reports, like I'll kind of have some cars in mind that I'm thinking about and I'll run them through and look at the reliability ratings. So I'm looking at them for that car, but specifically also for the car years that I'm looking at. So in our case, we just bought this Honda Odyssey. We bought a 2015, which had much better ratings than I think the 2016 and the 2014 in terms of reliability. So they did something different in that year or they're manufactured in a different place or something mm-hmm. that made that year vehicle a better buy than the year after and before. So those are things you want to keep in mind as you're kind of going through. It's not just the one car, but also the year that it was made. Number three on the list is a look at Edmunds total cost to own number. If you've heard of Edmunds, they're a big kind of car information website. They have this number that they calculated for pretty much every car where they tell you the total cost to own this car over five years. And so that includes things like gas mileage. That includes things like insurance. That includes things like reliability and how many repairs are needed. Like all the stuff, they roll it up into one big number which they call total cost to own. And this has been really interesting because when we bought our Honda Fit, like what was that, probably 12 years ago or something, it was one of our 13, yeah. first cars in our marriage. Is a Honda Fit, tiny little car with great gas mileage. That had a really low total cost to own number. Meanwhile, there were other cars like kind of in that class that might have even been cheaper cars, maybe a couple thousand dollars cheaper to buy, but actually were considerably more expensive total cost to own over the five-year period. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe because of gas mileage, maybe because of repairs or whatever. But it's a good number to look at. It'll give you a good idea of how much you're going to be spending over the five-year period for everything involved with this car purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just realized... The Fit no. looked like a minivan. It looked like <laughs> a tiny minivan. The Honda Fit, it does. Doesn't it look like a tiny it little does. minivan? It really like does. with doors? It's yeah. But I know. It got the job that done. It was a great car. It was a really it great car. Really if you have the car. opportunity to drive a fit, they're actually really fun to drive mm-hmm. too. Number four is to identify the trim level of the car you want to buy. So in our case, we just bought this Honda Odyssey, mm-hmm. you know, and there's like seven different trim levels of different things that they have and bells and whistles and whatever. And we figured out what our non-negotiables were, what yep. we wanted in this uh, in this vehicle, and 
we found out which trim level we needed to have in order to have that. And this is really good information to have because depending on what the trim level is, you might be spending $10,000 difference between these mm -hmm. two to buy essentially a lot of things you don't care about, you right. know, if it's a trim level package of junk that yeah, you just don't need. So find out what that is and find out, you know, what the lowest level trim level is that gets you all the things that you want. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make searching for the specific vehicle uh, just a lot easier you know as you're going through different sites like auto trader or whatever searching for used cars you'll be able to search for trim level as well and that'll really pull down your price of what you're spending yeah and it'll also just save you the time and the hassle of like getting to look at a car and realizing it doesn't have stuff yeah, that you actually exactly. wanted in there <laughs> which we've done that a yeah. couple of times yeah yeah, we actually drove 100, 200 miles to go buy our Honda Pilot. Oh, yeah. It was the top trim level. And I mistakenly assumed, assumed that yeah. that because it was the top trim level that it included four-wheel drive. Like we absolutely wanted four-wheel drive. And we got all the way down there and realized didn't have even it. though this is the touring package, it didn't have four-wheel drive. So that was a bummer. So do your homework before you drive really far away to find a car. Do you want to do, do it? No, I don't really know what okay. to say about it. So <laughs> I'm going to let you do this one. All right. Number five is get a Carfax or AutoCheck. And these are two different companies that will give you a history about the car. And this is really, really important. And so when you're going through and looking at different cars, and basically for me, I'm looking for a car that hasn't had any accidents. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal. And sometimes that's hard to find. And if it's a super minor accident, I might let it slide. But if it's been in a pretty bad collision, like that just messes a lot of stuff up on the inside. And I, I just don't so feel like taking chances. Safe, right? I would just, I would rather have a car with no accidents, all things being considered. I also like a car with one owner. You have one person who's owned a car, you know, for five years or for four years like that. That feels a whole lot better than one that's been turned over three different times. And then the other thing is, it's like if it's been dealer serviced the entire time and you have records that, that like that's gold because you have people who are the best experts at taking care of that car, doing the service work. That's just really, really good rather than getting in there and seeing that there have been or that there are no oil changes reported in the last 50,000 miles. It's like maybe the owner did them like I do them myself, but uh you know, I would much rather have that in writing on the record. And so mm -hmm. those are the things that I'm looking for with that. And there's a variety of other things you can consider when looking at these. But these are two different ways to get very specific information on the exact car right. that you're looking at. Because mm -hmm. it's based off of a VIN number for that actual car. Yeah. All right. You have a bonus. We got a bonus. So bonus one is, and this is, we haven't done this yet. But this is kind of what we almost did and wish, I almost wish we, we would have done. We wish we would have, yeah. Yeah. More and more companies are offering like a seven-day try it before you buy it kind of guarantee thing, mm -hmm. which is really nice. You know, so in our case, we didn't use this. But a company like CarMax, I think Carvana might do mm -hmm, this as well. Yeah. And I think there's a few more where you can buy it from them, you know, for any reason at all. You don't like it. You can return it, get your money back, no questions asked. You know, So obviously make sure the company you're doing that with, that that's what their policy is. But in our case, it worked out fine. We we ended up buying from a dealer and it just wasn't the best experience. Yeah, it was but the car itself is fine. Yeah, It's not like after four days we wanted to return it. But what's nice about having a policy like this is you have the option of doing that. So you could take it to a mechanic two days after you bought it and have them check it over, make sure everything looks good. Somebody who knows more about cars than you do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it just provides a level of comfort knowing that they did that. And more importantly, they have seven days to kind of return it. So yeah. that's something that I am always looking for. And I'm, you know, every car we buy going forward, I'm going to be looking for something like that mm -hmm. just for that little insurance policy. 
All right. So what are you going to add here? Uh, okay. So the only thing that I think I want to add is be really careful not to buy emotionally. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's really, really difficult to do. You can really save yourself a lot of hassle, a lot of, I don't know if heartache's the right word, but maybe it is. Well, and not to mention, like, if you're dealing with any sort of shady car dealer at all, like, they're banking on the mm-hmm. fact that you are buying emotionally. Like, yeah. they are, like, that's how they are going to, yeah. you know. they Yeah, it won't be a good situation. So, work and muster up every piece of patience that you have to do your research, take your time, and don't be in a rush. Yeah, and the more information, you know, really all these things are just providing information for you to make a good decision. And the more information you have, the better decision you're going to be able to make. And you're going to be in a better position like negotiating, just Mm -hmm. having this information and knowing what you actually want. And be patient. Like the, the car will come out. It will be available. And so today's search, if you don't see it, that's okay. Or if there's only one, but... It's from a shady dealer. Like, just wait. You're going to find the car. Just be patient. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you found that helpful. And if you did, please consider leaving us a review over at the iTunes store or anywhere else where you're listening to podcasts. And also, if you know anybody who this podcast could be particularly useful to about now, definitely share it with them. Let them know. This process has helped so many people. I get asked about this a lot, and I'm always kind of sharing this kind of strategy. So if you know anybody who needs this, definitely share that with them as well. And with that, have a great day, and we'll see you soon. Bye.